0: genre exposure no fuck
1: you i do it my thing <laughs> i'm just gonna become a big diva now about everything <laughs> that's mine you're doing it wrong <laughs> you stole my line i'm gonna go pay someone to make an angry comment about you online
2: <laughs> I'll, do I'll do it how much how much bam? you'll
1: 100 big ones you'll never learn that it was jason <laughs> Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, broadening our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and as usual, I'm here with Michael. Hey, guys. And Jason. Hey, everybody. What's up, guys? How you doing? (laughs)
0: It goes bigger every time.
1: I'm just
0: waiting for you to full-on go Muppet next time. (laughs) Hey, everybody. We've
2: already got a few more episodes before that happens, but don't miss it. By the end of the year, maybe. Yeah. You just... Fucking turns
0: into a Muppet.
1: (laughs) 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 Alright, so we are in the midst of a special time. Indeed. It is the most holiest of season for the horror fan. I thought you were going to say puberty. I was like, I still haven't hit it yet. (laughs) Well, that's scary, too. (laughs) I still haven't hit it. That's your problem. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it is October. (laughs) We're going to live at large. We're going to go big with all these horror films. Yes. The holy uh, season is upon us. I think the plan is we're going to try to have an episode out a week and just push hard and yeah. really get a lot of stuff out there. Yeah.
2: Woo! That's right.
1: So in the scheme of things, we'll each have done one movie. We'll have something special for the final week. Maybe have some bonus content in there. I don't know. Yeah. Depends how much time we have to crank stuff out. Just so
2: keep checking. Stay tuned. We'll do it.
1: Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, so today, our first Halloween special... We are talking about 1987's Blood Diner, directed by Jackie Kong. Fuck yes.
2: One of the scariest films ever made. Fuck
1: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe
2: one of the bloodiest, for
1: sure. Uh, I don't know about that. But first, before we dig in, like always, let's talk a little bit about what we've been watching.
2: Okay, let's do it. Michael, you go first. Putting you on the spot. Okay, that's fine. Um, So, I'm going to do a TV show. That surprised me. Another cheater. You guys keep cheating with these TV shows.
0: Well, this one surprised me, and I felt like it's fair to give it some love. Okay. Okay. So, uh, it started on, like, the Chiller Network, which do you guys...
2: What's a Chiller Network? Do you guys even remember the Chiller
0: I Network? I do,
1: because it was my indulgence whenever I would go on vacation to leave Chiller on in the hotel. Chiller didn't last long. They tried. Sadly. Um, it's kind of like a precursor to Shudder. Um, Tell you what, they played a lot of uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Three. <laughs> that's
2: all I'm, they could I'm afford. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they were like. This is the only movie we can afford right now. So, oh, man, I have a special vendetta against Jeff Burr, but that's another podcast. Well,
0: they started with this show called Slasher, mm-hmm. and it was a whole season of basically devoted to a slasher. So you had a killer, you know, kills mm-hmm. drama in between. Uh, it ran one season on Chiller, and then. When Chiller died, a horrible, slow death that no one cared about, um, Netflix picked it up and ran two seasons of it. Still same format. Um, individual season is a is its individual story. Mm-hmm. And they're not interconnected, okay. really. However, some of the same actors do appear. Mm. Um, so it's kind of doing... Like American Horror It was kind of doing American Horror Story, really, before American Horror Story it was doing American and probably better. Story. Yeah, I have I, big issues with that show. I won't trigger any of our listeners with that. I um, will. Yikes, well, Jesus! Um, <laughs> right in, argue with Jason. So now Shudder has picked up the show, um, and what really caught me at first was David Cronenberg is starring in the show. Hell the master, yeah, David
2: Cronenberg. Yeah,
0: and I was like, fuck. I really like David Cronenberg's turn in Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. Like he was no, legit. I stole that movie. Awesome in that, and he's campy as fuck in Jason X. Yes. So I was like, well, if nothing else, I mean, it's Cronenberg. So if he's involved, I'll watch it. And I was really surprised. So basic premise of the show is that David Cronenberg is a very wealthy man um, who's dying and he's going to leave his fortune to one of his family members. But in order for them to get that fortune, they're going to have to play a set of games that he's laid out for them. It's not like Saw. If you think, like, it's those kind of games. Mm-hmm. They are games that, like, have an element of danger in them. But they're really kind of shitty games. <laughs> like, they're not really laid out to kill anybody. I uh, kind of makes you think of what was the film, Ready or Not? Yeah. yeah. Ready or Not's really heavy in there.
2: I'm a big fan of that one. I love that one.
0: But it's not so much along those lines. It really focuses more am- amongst the family drama. Mm. Like, these are absolutely shitty-ass people. <laughs> they're the typical, like, my daddy's rich. hmm you know, I've never had to work for a thing in my life kind of people. And they reminded me a lot of the family members of Knives
2: Out. Another great film. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> <Dustin>. <laughs> Why are you staring at me so I much? just said it to trigger <laughs> Dustin. So kind
0: of that same family dynamic where they're all at each other. Yeah. You know, everybody <laughs> hates each other. Um, but I think one of the coolest things about it is each episode has about a kill per episode. And that's where their budget is. Oh no! It's straight up in that kill. It's all uh, practical effects, gore. They don't shy away. The camera doesn't turn. It's like, no, this is why we're here. Cool. We're here to do this. It's called slasher.
2: They better deliver exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, And what I really find interesting is the show actually has flipped me because I was like, I'm pretty sure I know who the killer is. Well, now they're fucking dead. So I don't. Are
2: they really dead?
0: Ooh. oh i don't know <laughs> i don't think this is anything is this is an april fool's bullshit movie. <laughs> yeah so
1: um is the release of this is it like an episode a week yeah they're okay. dropping um like a one a week thing on shutter see i like that better than when they just like put oh, the yeah. whole thing out because you build that anticipation if you're right. keeping up with it and
2: you have time to digest what just happened you mm-hmm. don't just move in i tend to forget stuff when i do that when i binge watch
0: it also keeps people from doing the 14 day free trial and then watching right. everything. Right. And sure then, it's a so, very, you know. very savvy
2: business decision
0: um yeah, they're dropping one episode a week. They're only 3 episodes in right now, but by the time you hear this, it'll probably be done. But either way, that's fine. Then um, you can binge
2: watch it if that's your thing. Yeah, if you want to do that, that's cool.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's anything groundbreaking uh, as and it can be a little soapy at times, but I'm a sucker for that. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I kind of get get drawn in and now I want to see who dies, I want to see how they kill him, and I want to see who the actual killer is. So it's it's got me a little bit invested. Cool. So right. I, can, I can say, I think that it's, you could do a lot worse with your time than that. God, I bet you could. <laughs> <laughs> that's my
2: ringing endorsement.
0: <laughs> DVD cover. You could do a lot worse with your time. All right, that's you could punch pick.
2: yourself in the junk for half an hour, or you could watch Slasher.
0: That's my pick. Slasher Flesh and Blood is the Flesh subtitle and of okay. this one. And they're all, we don't need to
2: watch all the others. They're all independent.
0: Nope. However, the others, um, I've seen the um, Ski... Lodge season and this is on netflix the two so slasher flesh and blood the one i just talked about yes. that's on shutter shutter right the, the other, other two, two are on netflix What well, Was the very first one is it i think netflix actually has it okay. i was looking through the other day to see because i was like well if somebody wanted to watch the others where are they right. um it's canadian production too so you might end up seeing oh you lost me now <laughs> <laughs> wow. it's kind of fun if you if you follow some canadian like sitcoms and stuff like that like kim's convenience or working moms or Things that most of our listeners probably would not watch. Um, the There's some <laughs> there's some similar
1: actors hmm. popping up in there, and it's kind of fun to see them in a horror role. Cool. All right. Check it out.
2: Cool. You Talk me into it. Check it out.
1: I guess I'll go next, because often I wind up being the last person. Okay. I want to try to mix that up.
2: We don't want to make you come in last.
1: Uh, it's okay. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of ancillary to our podcast, but uh, with the Grimoire of Horror, which Michael and I write for, I was very fortunate to get the opportunity to cover some of the stuff at Fantasia this year. Uh, I'm very honored to have that opportunity, and I'm very appreciative of them for that. Um, I think if you're a horror fan, generally, you're probably going to know about Fantasia. I think it's probably one of the bigger festivals for genre cinema. Fantasia,
0: Fantastic Fest, those are Mm -hmm. kind of the two biggies.
1: Um, So I've been watching a ton of horror films to try to cover stuff for this. And I've definitely been picking out some things that I'll probably pitch for the podcast next year when Ooh. they finally roll out into wide release. When but, the rest of us lesser peons get to see them. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I wanted to highlight one of the ones I watched just to go ahead and put it out there in people's minds so they can be looking for it. And that is Ultrasound, directed by Rob Schroeder. Um, I did write a review on this one. I'll maybe link it in our show notes if people want to go like deeper with information about it. Cool. Uh, but it just follows this guy named Glenn, and one night his car breaks down. And he's forced to seek shelter with a married couple, and it turns into this strange, odd encounter where the husband asks him to sleep with his wife. And he's this weird, very charming, very charismatic guy. I've seen these videos. It's kind of like the, the, the <laughs> schlubby, <just> mate. <laughs> he's kind of like the schlubby, like sitcom dad almost, where he's just kind of lame and pathetic, but somehow you kind of like him and you just want to go along with what he says. Okay. And that sets into chain of motion these events that, like, all these different little stories... It's very Lynchian, almost. I know you hate that term, Jason, but... <laughs> Sometimes it applies. You've got, like, five or six stories going, and you're like, how do these even connect? But slowly, as the film weaves out, it starts to all kind of link up into this much larger story. And it has a ton of stuff to do with, like, this science experiment that has to do with, like, tones and audio signals. Kind of like, uh, if you know, like, binaural beats... Where you listen to like the tone yeah. and like meditate to it. Kind of like helps an you.
2: infrasound kind of thing. Yeah.
1: It made me think very much of like, early Cronenberg films. Because mm. a lot of his had that thing where it's like a science experiment. And it's kind of sure. gone wrong or someone's misused it somehow. Yeah. Like yeah. Rabbit or something like that. Um, they came from within. Yeah. Rabbit. Uh, I think of oh, The Brood too. Yeah. He's like, kind of oh, abusing his patient to create this weird phenomenon. Or Shivers especially. Yeah. Um, well, that's also That Came From Within. Different title. Oh, yeah. I never remember the other title. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so it it made me think of Lynch. It made me think of Cronenberg. And I just loved it to death. And it's got one of those, like, stinger endings where you think they do a good job. Like, they do explain everything over the course of the film. Mm. But then right at the end, they kind of give you a little bit more info. And it hits you, and you're just like, fuck, man. I don't know if I know now. (laughs) You know? Interesting. Uh, And that's
2: uh, Rob Schneider directed that, you said. uh, No. (laughs) That's that's a departure for him. No, No,
1: no, 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 no. Schroeder.
0: Oh, oh, okay. God damn it. (laughs) Jason, every time we threaten to fire you from this podcast and we don't, (laughs) and we regret it. (laughs) You
2: gotta get paid before you fire somebody. Uh, But it's very good. Very trippy.
1: If you dig Lynch, if you dig Cronenberg, if you dig surreal stuff, you'll probably like it. It doesn't have any announcements yet about a wider release. I assume it'll come out next year sometime. Uh, I'll touch back basin on it at some point.
2: Cool. Yeah, let us know. Somebody will pick that up. You know, somebody will. Yeah. Maybe Shudder will pick it up. Oh, And, and you can watch it for free after you pay the $5 a month. And if you want to know
1: more of the My cool stuff our team has kind of picked out out of Fantasia, you can follow the link I'll put in the show note and see all of our reviews that we've covered. Uh, it's not all horror we did. You know, we care a lot about like Asian cinema too, so we've picked up some action films and some other stuff. But cool. A lot of good stuff this year. Can I just interject how much I hate Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to
2: piggyback that onto yours. Okay. Uh, speaking of Jason. <laughs>
1: What That's did you watch, my friend?
2: Um, well, I watched The Green Knight. Ah, that is lucky my... bastard. Yeah, yeah. You, I did the whole twenty four screening room yeah. thing. Um, what was that like? That experience? Uh, it was a little frustrating at first, but I don't. I don't think it was their fault. I mm. think my Roku was like I had to, to delete the app and then add it back on, and then it worked just fine. Mm. Um, I liked the movie, but it's. I mean, I think we have a situation here where it's also been overhyped for so long because it got delayed, like, what, a year or something? Right, we were
1: right on the precipice of being able to watch it. Yeah, and it it is a great movie.
2: It really is. It's visually stunning. The acting is great, Um, especially the lead, Dev Patel. He's really good. He's always good, though. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. He's super solid. Um, it, It was just short of being brilliant. You know, it was almost there. It just didn't quite cross the finish line for me personally. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say it's a bad movie because it, it is a good movie. Um, but ooh, I've been reading so many reviews where it's like mind-blowing, you know, and the, the best movie in years and stuff like that. it It, it isn't. But it's definitely unique. <laughs> and... Uh, I am
1: curious to see it because the actual Sir Gowan and the Green Knight,
2: that's one of my favorite classic pieces yeah, of literature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I don't know what I... This is almost one of those movies where I pre- would have preferred it if it was a bit more mainstream in a way. Mm. You know? Like, like more the, explosions? More Michael Bay? Less. I, I could have used some fights, honestly. Because, I mean, Arthurian Legend is full of fights. Mm-hmm. Like, if you read The Mortar Arthur, there's lots of really cool fights in it. And it's oh, funny. Yeah. You know, there's like a sense of humor to it. Right. And I know this isn't that movie. It's not what it's trying to do. It's not do. Monty Python. <laughs> no. No. Um, but, it, I, I know I say this a lot. I get a lot of fleck for it. But it didn't engage my interest long enough. Mm. There were boring parts. There there were parts where I was looking at the clock. Would you say it is elevated? Um, I would say this could be (laughs) safely described as elevated. If you subscribe to that term, yes. Hmm. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's worth watching. Check it out. Just... I think, temper your expectations.
0: I'm glad I didn't pay the 30 bucks for it, then. It was Ooh. 20 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, $10 really made it a lot easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks. But, you... I mean, it's good. Do watch it. Oh, I, I it definitely intend to. Yeah. I'm just glad that I didn't it's go... It's not the
2: second coming. You know, it's not going to... I'm glad I
0: didn't right. go all in, you know, You're like, right. with the the hype and then just to be kind of let down. So
1: Yeah. Listen, I've got the role-playing game, so whenever you guys are ready... <laughs> I blind bought it without the film, so... <laughs> God, you're such a nerd. I don't know who would do something like that. A24
2: put out a role-playing game, man. That's crazy. It is awesome. That's pretty cool. So, anyway, that's my sad... Dude, well, God, see, again, it, it is... I would Like, if I were to rate it, give it a star rating, it'd probably be like three and a half or four stars, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good rating. For you, especially. especially for me. <laughs> but I don't know what I expected. Maybe, that, maybe my expectations were too high. I don't know. But... Watch it! Don't listen to me. What do I? Uh, i just. Uh, when
0: you said that, I immediately think of the Simpsons joke. Why can't I find a Mega Hunt? <laughs> <Maybe laughs> my standards, standards are, are too high. high. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. So speaking of tempering expectations, from elevated to <laughs> I'm subterranean. All, I'm all choked up over Blood Diner and Green Knight. <laughs> so, here's a real quick synopsis to get us started. Yeah. Two cannibalistic brothers kill various young women to make their flesh part of a new special dish at their rundown restaurant while seeking blood sacrifices to awaken a dormant lost Egyptian goddess.
2: Now is this elevated horror, Dustin?
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't think that most people know would describe it. Uh, I think this is that other end. Oh, when you make that high art, low art divide. This is what someone would want to call low art, but I actually think there's a lot of talent here. So, okay. is
0: this the one that we officially were when we were chatting amongst each other in our chat thread, where Jason actually said my the name of my autobiography, which is sometimes trash is just trash, and that's okay. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is the my life story. Yeah. So, trash is great. Sometimes trash is trash, and that's okay.
2: Oh, and I love the uh, the tagline for this movie. First they greet you, then they eat you. Yeah.
1: That's almost, isn't that almost a zombie that has a similar,
2: um, like they're going I to eat you? we are you. going to yeah. eat you, yeah. It's a statement, you know. <laughs> I think taglines don't get enough love. Well, no. they're not used anymore, because who knows about posters? Right. You know, you see the little thumbnail on your queue, you can't read the cool tagline. You know,
0: because what's the, I think Motel Hell has a couple, right?
2: Uh, yeah.
0: But one of them is it takes all sorts of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. Yeah. I think <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I classic. love that one. That which a is a one. yeah, but the other one's like you check in here and you die or something. I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> <She's> Let's creative. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the first one. You gotta you gotta die. If you come here. <laughs> you so don't.
0: Die. That's Rodney over there in marketing.
1: <laughs> he just we gave him this job. He didn't do anything. So, so Blood Diner is a horror comedy that was made at the height of the. Get 80s. us back on
2: track, Dustin. Uh,
1: I don't think we need to break down the genre really because horror comedy—that's pretty standard fare.
2: Sure. I mean, it is a um, a film with horror trappings, but meant to be funny. <laughs>
0: I think I think the key there is meant to be funny, right? right.
2: Because there's a lot of.
0: Unintentional, bad unintentional lead. bad films that turn out to be funny because they're just bad. Yeah, like right. *Planet Nine from Outer Space* was not
2: meant to be a comedy, right? Right. right.
0: But *Blood Diner* knows what it is. Sure. At every yeah, turn, It's trying to be funny. Yeah,
1: it's it's doing its best. Uh, originally, it was meant to be a sequel to Herschel Gordon Lewis's *Blood Feast*. Yes, from '63. Which,
0: how do you really
1: do a sequel, and then like write a script? For blood diner <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know um i do think you can definitely feel that influence on it we should probably talk about lewis a little bit he's like right the the godfather of gore films He is called much, the godfather yeah. of gore
2: yes he did the uh, blood feast which was his first one in 63 and then he did uh Ten Thousand maniacs color me blood red gruesome twosome wizard of gore there's a ton of them and they're all pretty badly made <laughs> But and he got this really skeezy sixties vibe to them, which I love. But he really pushed the
1: envelope for the time on like what you would show gore wise in the film. Definitely.
2: Yeah. They were a big hit, the drive ins in the South.
1: I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen many of his films. Oh, you gotta watch them. Man. I've seen like Bloodfeast and uh Wizard of Gore, I think, and that's yeah. it.
2: Ten Thousand Maniacs is pretty fun. Um they're not good movies. Oh no. But I mean they're kind of important they're fun. But yeah. I do, I do want to say, as a quick aside that I do not believe that he created the gore film. Ah. Uh-huh. There was another movie from 1960 that I think was the first truly gore mm-hmm. horror film. Hot take. Um, and you may be familiar with this title. Okay. Uh, it's a Japanese film, Jigoku. Oh, yes. Love that film. That
1: was Yeah, that was done in the 60s in color. And actually, not to keep plugging it, but a writer just dropped a review of that over at the Grimoire Forward Oh, too. nice. Yeah.
2: Nice. Synergy. Um, but that's got some like eviscerations and all this cool gorifical happenings and it beat Herschel Gordon Lewis for like three years. I think
1: you use the term phantasmagoric. Yeah, Maybe that's
2: a good one. So anyway, that's a quick aside. Michael, you just look
1: stunned. <laughs> I'm it. just watching you two collate <laughs> <delete> each other. That's <laughs> great. Uh, um so some fun stuff on this film. It was released uh, limitedly theatrically.
2: Surprise! Uh, Surprise! How many Oscars was it nominated for, Dustin?
1: I assume none, but... uh, Late in 87, it was released on VHS. Again by uh, Vestron Video. Ooh, Vestron. We loved them. Oh, yeah. I've got the blue of this film. It's in that new, like, Blu-ray re-release line Vestron Video where they're remastering stuff. Good stuff. Very cool. Um... And I think the next thing we should really talk about before going deep with the film is the director, Jackie Kong. Yeah, she's great. She's great. She only has a few films to her credit, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because I feel like they should have kept throwing money at this person and Definitely. let her do more. Uh, I got a little background on her. Her mother was a cinephile, and that's where a lot of her influence came from. Um, so she was exposed from a very young age to the world of film it was actually, I listened to this, it was uh, the Shockwaves podcast, which was like one of the first horror podcasts I really got into. She was a guest on there, and she told this story about how her first millimeter camera she ever had came from Marlon Brando, who was what? a friend of her mother's. Wow. Um, and he kind of like dissuaded her from getting into film, kind of like warned her about all the stigma and pressure of trying to make it in Hollywood. Um, but despite that, she was just captivated mm-hmm. by the art of filmmaking, and that you know, became her direction in life.
2: Um oh, man. I, now I'm just wishing Marlon Brando popped up in this movie. <laughs> what a
1: what a favorite to phone in, right? Wow. Um, so uh she most of the stuff she makes, she produces and writes as well. All her films kind of have this same vibe as Blood Diner, where they're usually low budget, but they have a very like fun, playful tone to them. Mm-hmm. Um So prior to this film, uh she made her first one at 23 years old it was earlier in the 80s and it was called The Bean and it was about a killer toxic mutant monster mm-hmm. very like classic uh, movie monster drive-in feature uh, her next one was Night Patrol which actually starred Linda Blair so we got a bit of star power in there yeah I think that was more of sort of a crime film kind of deal I've never seen that one sadly
2: yeah I haven't either I think it's isn't it more of a comedy
1: yeah all her films have that comedy yeah, right, meaning right, right, to them yeah right. um And then she did Blood Diner, and then the last film she ever worked on was called The Underachievers, which I've also unfortunately not had a chance to see, but it looked to me like it's kind of a, you know, comedy, teen comedy kind of thing. Mm -hmm.
0: It does star the two leads. Or it doesn't star, but it does have the two leads from Blood Diner in it.
1: Interesting. Yes. And we'll get into them, but they're great actors. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, And she had sort of a three-picture deal with Vestron, but they went out of business before she ever got around to making the third film. Boo. Boo. Uh, unfortunately, hasn't made many other efforts after that. She has shown up as a speaker and a guest at a lot of festivals. And currently, she serves as the executive director of a nonprofit organization called Asian American Media Development. Awesome! So that's cool that she's being an advocate yeah. for I that mean, kind of stuff. She,
2: it's, it's good she's getting some recognition now, because talk about a trailblazer. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many women alone were directing horror films in the 80s? Yeah, um,
1: especially like, I was going to say especially the 80s. Yeah. And they're just as good as like any other you know, fun 80s horror yeah. film you want to grab if for. If not better. If not better, yeah. Um, she has a website now where she will answer rumors about herself. She attends screenings of her films when they go out. That'd be fun. Uh, she's apparently recorded some audio commentaries for re-releases of her films, which is cool. <laughs> you can hear direct from her everything about it. And there were some rumors out there that she's working on a new project, but there's not a lot of details yet. Blood Diner 2. So maybe we'll get a, a shocking come- comeback for her. Sheetar will return <laughs> if she if she
0: drops another film, we'll immediately cover it. Oh yes, there will Absolutely. be no question. It will be. We'll find some way to add
1: that in there. It's great. So as for the film, yeah, when it opens, we've got this quaint little suburban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Two kids playing Two kids. with toys like on going the back floor. In the 60s, I guess look like the '60s. Yeah, uh, yeah, 60s. '50s or '60s. Uh two kids playing on the floor. Um
1: just playing with their toys, mom's kinda getting ready to go. And you immediately picked up on uh I think it's Michael. He has the little like cat clock with the eyes that tilt yeah. back and forth. It was in yeah. like every show, yeah. every every fifties, sixties household had this cat clock. Did you say
2: you always wanted one? I did, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: But he's like hypnotizing himself with it. <laughs> I think it's Felix the Cat, wasn't it? Felix
2: the Cat. I think. Inspired by it, at least has to be. Yeah. yeah. Not but, fun. yeah, the poor kid's just staring at the clock, like, <laughs> yeah. man, like, just getting lost. Yeah, the one's making, like, breakfast out of Play-Doh and stuff. hmm
1: uh, the mom leaves and good old uncle Anwar
0: shows up. <laughs> well, and we hear on the radio that there's a crazed man, uh, lunatic running around with a, a butcher knife in one hand and his genitalia in the other. <laughs>
2: right.
1: Immediately you get kind of the tone of this film. Yeah. yeah. It is nuts. It is just like slapstick funny. And oh, there is even that little intro to where they kind of talk up how gory it's going to be. Oh, right. Yeah. Very classic, like midnight movie. Like, oh, you can't handle this yeah, film.
2: Yeah. Now's your chance to leave. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uncle Anwar shows up, you know, not like your typical uncle.
0: He he's not. He busts out. I mean, your I uncle may I show up not. with a genitalia in one hand and a butcher knife in the other, well, but uh, not his own genitalia, but I mean, <laughs> someone else's.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So he breaks the door down, mm-hmm. um, which immediately you think the killer is coming to kill the two children. Um, but it's just such a great when he finally like the the door is a cheap like. Balsa wood door that he's <laughs> yes. busting down, and it's like backlit through it. Smokes coming through. The kids are even like, "Uncle
1: Amwar," like, right. "Oh, okay, cool." They know this guy. It's such an epic moment. You think it's going to be this big, like horror stinger where it's like, "Oh, the killer offs these children," and that's how you start. But then when he comes in, it's just like sitcom time suddenly. But he's already bloody. Uh,
0: looks pretty, you know, strung out and crazy and everything. But kind of needs to set the plot for the film by. Giving these amulets that he claims are five million years old mm-hmm. to uh, one to each child, and tells them, "No matter what, you never forget the ways that I've taught you." Mm-hmm. Tell them to study their magic books, <laughs> <laughs> and so he, you know, then he tells the boys, "You know, it's time for me to go." After he's instilled them with these amulets, and
2: yeah, cops have surrounded the place. He goes outside, gets gunned down. Yeah, and the boys see it. <laughs> they kind of nonchalant about the whole thing. Yeah.
1: They're at the window just like poof, Just watching out.
0: Uncle Amor getting blown, getting blown down there. <laughs> uh, so now we jump time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did it say? Like 25 years? It, it, it's the 80s, it, present it, it time. It was present okay. day. Yeah. Yeah. Present day. Um, and now both boys. Yeah, it's Michael and George. Uh, they own and run a diner. Mm-hmm. A
1: vegetarian diner. A very hip, happening... Vegetarian diner.
2: It's a pretty strange clientele. Yes, um, <laughs>
0: but we see that uh, it's uh, George is the the cook, right? Yeah, yeah. George is obviously following his childhood dreams of Peter, making be a cook, making things out of play doh, and <laughs> <laughs> but now he's graduated to real food, and is um, this, he's very messy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's kind of like
1: slapping stuff around, just chopping left and right, all wildly. while watching
0: wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and really getting into it, uh, while his brother is the really charismatic one, like, super charming. He's running... He, he, he's the face of the duo, for Yeah, sure. yeah uh, he's running the diner. He's played by Rick Burks, and he is, like, so charming in this film. Yeah. The whole time I was watching it, because you guys had seen this, but I hadn't. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was watching, he had a very Bill Paxton vibe. I could see that. In a lot of ways, like, early Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Um. Sadly... Like, while we were watching this, I was like, damn, what else has he done? <laughs> uh, sadly, nothing else, because he died, like, two years after this came out. Um, Very sad. He was only sad. 28 years old, and he died in a car crash. Um, yeah, that's awful.
1: Because you know he would have been in other stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, God, he would have been in so many 80s films. And
1: I wish that he would have been in more. <laughs> yeah. Because he's just so charismatic. And uh, I think the relationship between them is good too, because you really feel like they are brothers and they have this bond. Yeah, even though they are kind of like madcap <laughs> killers, they
2: have a goofy camaraderie that's kind of contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find out though there is, um, well, well, they're, they're pretty pretty early on. There's a grave robbing scene,
0: right? right? Right, right. This is where we really meet them. I think is mm-hmm. where we truly meet them. They're, they're digging a grave. And, and it was
2: 20 years. That's right. Yeah. yeah some years
0: later. Some poor schlub of a night watchman <laughs> at the cemetery comes wandering up and sees what's going on. Well, they immediately hit him in the yes. head with a shovel and uh, pop his eyes out of his socket completely. Uh-huh. Great little gag to you. The way, it, uh, the way yeah. it just shoots out. Another instantly setting the tone. Like, this is our first kill of the movie, and then we see, oh, it's going to be that. Right. Even mm-hmm. the kills are comical. Yeah, yeah. this is what's going to happen. Um, and when you find out what they're digging up is the corpse of uh,
2: Uncle, Uncle Anwar. Uncle Anwar, yes. They do
1: a little magic ritual and resurrect him as a brain in a jar.
2: Well, they tear his brain out of his skull, Yeah, which makes me think that the brain hasn't decomposed in all this time.
0: Well, they buried the poor guy in the shit they shot him in, too. Like, yeah, he's, he's wearing, wearing the same <laughs> <matter> outfit <laughs> that he was shot and killed in. They just literally nailed him
2: down in a box and <laughs> threw him in the dirt. Yeah, I don't know why his brain didn't rot. Maybe he, like, I don't know. He was magically protected. A wizard did it. Sheetar. Yeah. Sheetar. <laughs> Sheetar. Sheetar protected his brain. Yes. Right.
1: Sheetar is this goddess that they worship that they're trying to resurrect. Yeah. Numerian, right? Numerian, I think. L- Numerian.
0: Numerian. Does it fucking
1: matter? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter.
2: I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, like Uncle Anwar is a brain in a jar. With eyeballs. When I was
0: watching this, it made me want
1: to like go catalog... Uh, all movies with brains in jars, like talking brains, yeah, and it jars. made me wonder if we just have a weird, unnatural affinity for movies with brains in jars. Because you got Psycho Goreman. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with a list. The Man with Two Brains. Does the thing that wouldn't die count? Where there's a head and a disembodied head, does that just be a brain? And I think count? it needs to
0: be it's a, brain, be a brain. brain, because Uncle Anmar is a brain and eyeballs. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> oh, there's a brief brain and eyeball thing in Curse of Frankenstein. I think it is. Yeah.
0: We need to compile it. <laughs> okay, all right. File that, that away for later. That's, that's for another episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's when we're completely out of ideas. Yeah, we're doing Brain in a Jar movies. Brain in a Jar. Woo! <laughs> episode um, one hundred.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he kind of lays out the whole deal. They have to kill a bunch of people to assemble a body for Sheetar to inhabit. They need to capture a virgin to sacrifice. They have
2: to kill many immoral women, as Grand yeah, yeah. War puts
1: it. And uh, they need to amass a lot of people to have this big feast upon this, like, weird concoction of, like, body parts. A blood parts. buffet. A blood
2: buffet, yes. Not a blood feast, a blood buffet. Well, like, it's, yeah. It's, mean, it's meant to not do it, I'm sure. Sure, I, oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and actually, one of the things that uh, Jackie Kong said about this script was that originally it was much more serious. Mm. It was almost like a straight remake of Blood Feast without the jokes and she's like no this needs to be fun
0: yeah and she made a great great call because we didn't we didn't need a remake of Blood Feast we uh, needed Blood Diner is what yeah. we needed
2: <laughs> and I love that Uncle Anwar he's he's so abusive like verbally oh, yeah. abusive of the brothers and then it never took offense you know it's like sort of a goofy thing it's kind
1: of just like oh Uncle Anwar yeah
2: yeah <laughs> but she also described this movie as family loyalty gone wrong that's fair. That's it's If you look at it like through that lens, yeah. it's like they're abused and brainwashed. And even though he's completely putting them down all the time with some very dated, horrible <laughs> slurs that we shall not repeat here. Yeah. Uh, it was the 80s. You can probably figure it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they never, like, take offense or get mad.
1: Right, they never it's, even question anything. Yeah, right, right. They're so devoted to... And I think and... that's part of the reason for that opening scene is that you can understand that he has like groomed them to this point the whole right. way. Right, right, yeah. Man,
2: Uncle Unwar's an asshole. <laughs>
1: You're just now getting that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> were, were you led astray by his many funny remarks? I was. I <laughs> was. So we find out, though, why
0: the diner is so popular. Yeah. Because there's secret ingredients. In all the food, it's people. It's people. <laughs> They're basically taking all of the parts that they
1: don't need mm-hmm. to create the body of Sheetar and so, serving them up.
2: So did the vegetarians think it's like tofu or something. Well, I
1: love early on the food critic comes in there and he's like, "Oh, this is the best damn veggie burger I ever had." <laughs> I think it's very much a not. It's
0: very much a joke towards, like, the same jokes still apply today. It's almost like everybody who's a you know. Meat loving, like hardcore meat eater, wants to put down vegetarians for their choice, and then yeah. vegetarians
1: want to fight the meat eaters. And it made me think too of like sort of the like uh, what do you say it like Hollywood fad culture. Yeah, right. Just like takes off. I think that's
2: really when vegetarianism really became a thing in the eighties. Mm-hmm. It was very much of a fad.
0: And so they're really poking fun, like, oh yeah, you think you're eating vegetarian? Yeah. And it's, but you're not. You're eating your people, kind of a thing. But. That's, yeah, Then the jokes are leaning heavily towards that, mm-hmm. like, and, and they're almost, it's like borderline winking at the camera. Yeah. You were, you were waiting for them to break the
1: fourth wall and just turn and <laughs> wink when they
0: eat the, yeah. the uh,
1: special fish fingers. And I love how the critic, like, he ends up helping them and, like, bringing in tons of business, but the one time he just says something and it hits George wrong, and he just gets him in, like, a headlock. And starts beating them up. <laughs> but then they're just like cool afterwards. The food's yeah. so goddamn good, He just keeps eating. He's got no problem food's with it. so his. good.
2: What was his name? Vitamin C? Oh, god, I, I think it was his Yeah. Name. But, but you can call him vitamin. Vitamin
0: C. Um, and this man is rather a large man. Mm-hmm. Um, not Would not be the typical vegetarian that you think you would see. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <laughs> That same scene where he ends up getting him in a headlock ends up uh, with vitamin C spraying vomit
1: on the entire diner. I think that came later, didn't it? I think the I headlock is where
2: I think it's later when he, yeah. he barfs. Oh, basically oh. does throw up. I think he goes right back to eating. it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah,
1: everything's so good. He just goes right back to eating it. That is one thing. Like the actual narrative is pretty light, so a lot of it's kind of just these like comedy set pieces. Yeah, it's like, al- yeah. It's as almost they pignettes. build up to the final,
2: yeah. <laughs> and we meet Connie here. Yes. The heroine of the story with her friends. Nice, innocent Connie. They're,
0: her friends are trying to get Connie to come do this thing with them to make some money, which is um, topless... Um, aerobics. 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 Another 80s fan. Cheerleading. Yep. Right. Specifically cheerleading topless aerobics. Um, we get which, a little peer pressure, too, because they're like, all you got to do is show your tits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the sad, thing, the really sad part is Connie's just sitting there crying. Yeah. And they're like, "Well, you know, whatever. We're gonna go do this." Um. Well, bad things happen to those topless aerobics cheerleaders, and uh, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan show up and gun them <laughs> down with a machine gun.
2: Which Didn't see that coming?
0: Yeah. Which is not actually. It's such a funny scene too, yeah. the way it plays out. Um, and it's actually Michael and George you know, wearing masks or whatever, and they're amassing parts for Sheetar so they show up
1: and, and kill all the cheerleaders. <laughs> um And make no mistake, you get to see plenty of the the topless aerobics first. Yeah, yeah there's yes. it's it's pretty funny. It's very gratuitous <laughs>
0: and very winking at the camera gratuity. It's it's
1: quite great. I don't know if it's murder rock levels <laughs> but uh it gets there. Murder rock is its own thing. <laughs> uh yeah. So um so yeah, they get a bunch of parts. Uh, Michael kind of hits it up a little bit with Connie. He's very nice to her. Um, he's a charismatic guy. I mean, he is. yeah. And that's one thing, too, about the characters in this film. I think they're all kind of turned up to 11 and exaggerated just a little further mm-hmm. than you would expect. Like, Connie is so, so sensitive, so innocent, so sweet. Like, everyone's just kind of taken that next level beyond if they were in a more normal film. Yeah, and mm. I feel like her mullet is also the same. Like if it was, it would not be as mullety <laughs> if
0: it were in a normal film. Probably not. No. Even her mullet is exaggerated.
1: <laughs> I don't even fucking know where it goes after this because it's just—it's a lot of vignettes of them kind of killing people, killing getting people, parts, collecting parts. Uh, Uncle and, Anwar describing what they them. have to
2: do. They have to get so many. Uh, they piece together Sheetar's body mm-hmm. of the various body parts of the women they've killed
1: makes me think very much of like frankenhooker too so like the woman
2: frankenstein amalgam that would be a great double feature with this movie it would yeah i was thinking that too yeah Yeah. what
0: a date
1: yeah (laughs) uh we meet some other side characters there's two detectives that are trying to solve these murders Mm -hmm. one guy is doing his
0: best john travolta saturday night fever Mm -hmm. fixing his hair uh, uh wearing like huge clothes (laughs) like large impersonality clothes um what's his name i don't know detective gosh he's a detective
1: i don't remember Um, it doesn't matter it doesn't
0: it doesn't matter was it paul i don't know he's also always got his gun out yeah he's like Um,
1: scratching his forehead with it scratching his forehead waving his gun around just like it's a talking point for him yeah um, he gets assigned a new partner, though, to crack this case, and it's one of the parts we're a little mystified about still, because what is her accent? It's all over it, the place. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. There's a
0: lot of accents. <laughs> she's She's been around the world. Mm-hmm. She's picked up a little bit of everything. But what I do really appreciate this is that they actually put a female in this role, mm-hmm. And actually made her the most competent one of the entire group. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> she,
1: she's definitely the straight person to the chaos.
0: Yeah, and it's great because in, typically there's no nudity with her. Mm-hmm. You know, she is always very
2: respectfully clothed. She's always the one that knows what's going on when all the men are just fucking yeah. idiots. And, and <laughs> interestingly, uh, Jackie Kong said, and all of this comes from the In Search of Darkness documentary part two, which right. they, fe- they featured it on there, lecture. right? Yeah. yeah, and she said that uh, half the crew were women. And she intentionally had different nat- nationalities represented in the movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Because the police chief, I think he's of Indian descent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just... And the woman we're talking about, the police officer, I can't remember her name either. But yeah, we're trying to place her accent. And I mean, hell, she could have been from all over. It Who goes
0: knows? it goes in a lot of different directions. Sometimes it's actually unintelligible. Um, but that brings me to the point it
2: kinda adds to it though.
0: That um, when I say it's unintelligible, it's not because she delivered the line poorly,
1: it's because all of this movie was re recorded in ADR. Yeah. Um and we talked about that while we watched it and I did a little digging. This film had a budget of three hundred and thirty thousand dollars and it was wow. shot in three weeks. Nice. Okay. So I'm sure ADR it's much cheaper, was and easier not to do. Yeah, probably
0: the only option they had. So if you're not familiar with ADR, it's basically we've talked about this before, but it's where the audio is not Additional rec- dialogue
2: recording. It's not mm-hmm.
0: recorded really on set. It's recorded afterwards. Yep. There's not always the best syncing with that to where Sometimes it's not always... Sometimes it makes always, it feel
1: a little funny. Yeah, There's. it's like maybe a millisecond off.
2: Yeah, if you love Italian films, you've seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I-
1: I've seen so many, it doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure for some people, if you've never encountered it, it might kind of pull you out a little bit. It really adds to it for me for this one, though. It helps the comedy, I think. Yeah, it adds yeah. to the
2: hyper-reality of everything.
1: Yeah. yeah. Especially with one of the strangest characters in this movie. <laughs> they have a rival restaurant that's kind of down, down the block. Uh, he loses all his business when they take off and get really popular. <laughs> and he starts to scheme to like steal their secret recipe. <laughs> now that I'm talking through it, it's almost like the plot of Spongebob, basically.
2: <laughs> but there's this weird... Yeah, like, you, you see the scene. The scene just starts, yeah. and it's the police detectives interviewing him, mm-hmm. and he's behind the counter cooking or whatever. And there's and a, there's a, an obvious yeah. dummy sitting there at the counter, and, and you, not, you hear not the a dummy
0: talking. Yeah, not a dummy person, like an actual
1: like doll, like yeah. a, a a mannequin. That kind
2: talks like this. Yeah,
1: yeah. And what you start to notice, kind of just out of the corner of your eye, kind of in the background when people turn their heads, is the cook is like throwing his voice. And he's the one <laughs> yeah. that's making it talk. The whole time you're like, what the fuck is going on? It doesn't... I even said... Yeah, you like were the, like, what is it? What? You were what,
2: looking at us? Why? Why is this... Why is this happening? the very last scene, you see the cook throwing his voice, and you're like, okay. Even still, after that, I was like, the
0: fuck just happened?
2: <laughs> what? What? It's very out he's of trying le- to make his place look busier than it actually is. It's very
0: out of left field and I think part of the, the best part about it is that the detectives treat him as if he's a person. Yes. <laughs> they don't yeah. treat him as if he's a dummy that he's very
1: obviously a dummy. They they're interacting with him. <laughs> but the best part is once once it's just him and the dummy, he still does it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a compulsion now. This is his friend, man. <laughs> uh, this is who he spends his whole all his time with. And even as he plots to break in and steal it it's the dummy that's like echoing back with him and being like, oh, "I don't know if you should do this." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Such a strange moment, but better more than I think back. Like at the time, I'm very, "What the fuck is happening?"
1: But mm-hmm. when I, yeah, now I'm very much in yeah. love with this character. Uh, we get some iconic cinema locations in the sure, film. Yeah, sure. It's obviously shot in LA. Um, the one kill that uh, he drives out after that person is it Bronson Caves? Yeah, Bronson yeah. Caves. Yeah. We could. We don't have the time to list all the films that have been shot there, but that's just
2: like a super iconic location. Yeah, everything's been Star Trek, everything has been Every Western ever made has been shot there. And Robot that, Monster is oh, yeah. probably a good example of yeah, an early yeah. cult film that was shot there.
1: And that whole passage is another part where there's this great comedy piece where just on the way, George notices a guy kind of like struggling to go along the road. <laughs> and he just decides like, oh, I'm just going to like drift over and hit him and kill him. But and, he can't kill the guy. Right. He runs over him, backs over yeah, him. He sees in
2: his mirror the guy getting back up. He's like, screw this. He backs up, tries to kill him again. He gets back up. And, and the, it's extremely... The is
1: so perfect because it gets to the thing where it's like, well, that's the final time for sure. And they take it just long enough. Right. It becomes not funny and mm-hmm. then it, it crosses the line to get funny again.
0: <laughs> and it's also very clear that he's not driving the van. He's just mm-hmm. bouncing yeah, He's in being van knocked on a gimbal by stage That hands. they're rocking. <laughs> so it's even better and... He's
1: overacting the fuck out of it. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, God, this movie is trash. And then when he and I love it. And when he gets there and he he knocks the guy out. It's a couple. They're like out there at Bronson Caves, just like hanging out. He tries to. They try to start having sex. He shows up, knocks the dude out, Mm -hmm. tries to attack the woman who is totally new to this. Totally new. And suddenly she's like a kung fu master. Yes, and and, and beats the crap out of him. Yeah. As much as. And then the only reason she dies is because like a rock
2: falls haphazardly. Yeah, right. Pierces her skull.
0: <laughs> as much as like they're after, like they're out there killing women. Women are the only competent people in this mm-hmm. entire yes. movie, yeah. which I love. Like every man that you come across is a giant fuck up, <laughs> just absolutely a horrible fuck up. Yep. And so there is. Uh, I think I even commented. There's some very '80s grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, of personal grooming happening on that uh on that sex scene yeah. that we witness where it 's shocking it's uh <laughs> I even questioned <sighs> its re- I was questioning whether it was real or whether it was a merkin <laughs> i didn 't know i mean it doesn 't matter
2: I, just, I i just don 't understand the current war on pubic hair i just don 't get it no it 's fine <laughs> I have no war against it it 's just well, I, socially i think it's yeah.
0: But it's like, whoa! You know, that's one of those things that I wasn't expecting.
1: You gotta tell somebody. You gotta tell somebody. If, if it's gonna... I didn't think it was significant enough to uh, pre-screen you about it.
2: Uh, well, you now you know. <laughs> what you're tri- watching, <laughs> when you're watching older media, you gotta be prepared for this. one. <laughs> now
0: things. you know what triggers me is just <laughs> giant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, nobody listens to this anyway. It's fine. wow. <laughs> hey...
1: Hey, we have some listeners.
0: We do, and they we don't anymore. We love them. And we are very sorry. We don't anymore, because <laughs> Michael just ruined it.
1: Um. So yeah, they, they complete Sheetar, they prepare for the feast, they go to a club and kind of sweet-talk the guy there to get him to like throw this party. Yeah. Um. And we learn another thing that they've been doing to drive their restaurant is they have these like... Appetite, dr- appetite app- stimulants. Yeah. And it's making people hungrier as they eat. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, just give these out at the party. It'll get everyone jazzed up." Which pretty much turns them into zombies. <laughs>
2: yes. Like Flesh hungry zombies. They even turn green and everything.
0: A very poorly painted green, which is even better. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's it's like, um, oh, it's you can see the finger lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where they painted it on with fingers. Which makes you can't it even put brushes here. Slap, slap, slap.
1: Um, you got to talk about the band though. Well, we'll get to that because oh, okay. we're not we're not quite to oh. the to the big spectacle yet. We missed right. my favorite kill ahead. of the of talk, the thing though. Talk
0: about it. Um, they go out. George and Michael go out to. They get dressed up um, and they're dressed in costumes and they go out clubbing <laughs> and and meet these two these two ladies. Oh right. yes, uh, who are very keen to have a good time. You know, they're looking for some fun or whatever. Well, they. George and Michael take these two ladies back to the diner, you know, to get some, some stuff going. Well, uh,
1: oh, Michael decides that... Or is it, George? It's Michael. Is Michael's the smooth operator, and yeah. he's like, Hey, George, go with her in the back and give us some space. Right, so Michael's
0: going to kink things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're making out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. so he's going to kink things up. And you see him flip on the, uh, the deep fryer. Yep. yeah. <laughs> And yeah. uh, starts making a batter, mm-hmm. um, and that's yeah. not a euphemism. He no, really makes a batter. He's making a batter, flour and water, egg, whatever, <laughs> um, and starts to coat said woman in batter. She's into it, and she, yeah, she's into it. You know, it's very consensual thing um, until he shoves her head in the deep fryer. <laughs> And what comes out is a giant <laughs> like fried a, hush puppy head. Just like a little bit of hair coming out. Yeah, it's, it's so so absurd. It's so yeah. obvious, like a big paper mache ball that yeah. they've painted to look like a hush puppy on her head, and she's running around slamming into things like it's pretty this, hilarious. Um, until finally, she gets her head, her hush puppy head, knocked off.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and but, then this is another scene too, where you have this thing where the woman's very competent. Because George's victim, they're kind of in the back making out, and then suddenly she gets that, like, oh, I need to go. I yeah. need to check on my friend. I need to go. <laughs> and they kind of struggle and try to kill her, and she manages to get away, and she's at the back door, and she could totally leave. And then they just do this goofy thing where she's like, oh, wait, my purse. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everything she drops all of her contents, but she needs
2: the things in her purse. She has to stop and gather them.
0: Yeah, so she goes back for a prayer, and then she dies. But- yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my absolute favorite kill because it's one. the most absurd, ridiculous thing I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah,
1: it's pretty great. Um, but um, yeah, I think we can jump back ahead now. To during our- the build up, the other like main plot, their their rival restaurant, he breaks in, he steals Anwar. <laughs> right. They have to go kind of scuffle with him, get him back. <laughs> and it's funny because they even mess with like the dummy that's there too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they do a great like setup. Uh, return thing because in, early in the film when the detectives interview the guy he says I'd give my right arm to know that secret recipe <laughs> and when wow, they're
2: wow, wow, wow. and when
1: they're escaping he like is trying to get them through this like grated window and his right arm sticking through and they just whoop lop yeah. it off yep and it's a lovely uh, gag where you can totally see the guy's hand, <laughs> guy's like, hand tucked
2: in tucked in it's and it,
0: it's starting to pop out a little bit, like as he's still trying to act with
2: it. Blood's gushing great. out. Yeah. So he runs to his car to drive away. <laughs> <laughs> and they off the other hand. So he's driving away like using his stumps. He's just like shouting. shooting everywhere.
0: <laughs> he can't see, it's actually I think it's spraying on the windshield. <laughs> then he wrecks.
1: But yeah, so oh. they've got Sheetar, they've got the the uh, buffet ready, they kidnap Connie. They go to the party. Oh, there is the wrestling match. Do we even want to talk about that? That part's <laughs> kind of weird.
2: Yeah, it's very much of a non-sequitur kind of scene. I mean, it's kind of amusing. Yeah, George fights... What's the guy? Is it Jimmy, Hitler? Hitler? Jimmy Hitler. Hitler? Jimmy Hitler. Jimmy Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of swastikas in this movie. There was. yeah. So uh, he kicks his ass. George kicks his ass. Bites his leg. Tears a chunk out. Sprays blood on um, Connie. Connie. Yeah. yeah. She wants to leave. Yeah. That's when they abduct her. Yeah, he just punches her out and they take her. <laughs> that scene was rough. That was like. punching scene? Yeah.
0: Because that's the first time that,
2: I don't know, I think it's her
1: innocence that got me. Mm -hmm. Like,
2: damn, dude, you didn't have to punch her. Yeah, because it wasn't really funny. Yeah, it was punching a girl. Yeah, just punched a girl. (laughs) That's where
1: it kind of pulls you back. That's like, oh, these are psychopaths and they're trying to have some kind of like black magic ritual. Yeah, they're
2: goofy, but they're also bad. Yeah,
1: they're killing a lot of people. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they show up for this awesome party and there's a. (laughs) We got serious. Oh my God. There's a crazy band there. Uh, I think in the film they call it the King of White Trash and the White Trash Review. Nice. There was actually a performer that uh, did this. Um, bu- 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 I've got it in my notes. Hold on.
2: And this is where we see more swastikas. Cause like, <laughs> two the, of the band members. Yeah. yeah, two of the band members are dressed up like Nazis. And like they're this, yeah, there's this
1: awesome, like, very 80s, kind of punk... Kind of yeah. like, uh, I don't even know what you would call their genre. It's kind of like Talking Heads yeah. meets
2: The Cramps. Yeah, Cramps. <laughs> cramps is a huge influence yeah, there, you could But tell. the
1: performer is called Dino Lee, and the songs they perform on stage are actually from an album he made called The King of White Trash from 1985. I it's out there. It's on iTunes. It might be on Spotify, so you can track this down and listen to it. The one that's, like, the big number during all the chaos is called Stud Pony. And you notice when they're doing the song, they're all kind of doing, like, a gallop yeah, horse dance right. while it's going on. I actually really liked it. It was fun. It is so good, man. I, I really liked the music. It yeah. was I like one of those. They're hype girls that
2: we yeah. were talking about. Yeah. I like that.
0: This movie's just weird.
2: Oh, it's very weird. It's, it's, yeah. it's so, so 80s. It's so, so 80s. And not, like, in that self-conscious, oh, we're trying to be the 80s kind of way. It was just pure, still right. 80s. Yeah.
0: Like, you you had an idea, and it made it into the movie. <laughs> it's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, so they have to now feed Sheetar um,
1: Sheetar's first meal. Right. They start having the... Or they uh, the virgin. Yeah. Too. They have the blood buffet. The, bu- the buffet, as they eat it, starts turning people into zombies, like yes. you're talking about. They start assaulting other club goers and ripping people apart. Yes. And Michael and George start to lead the ritual, where they're going to sacrifice Connie... Awaken Sheetar, and
2: Sheetar will have her first feast. Oh, and they put Anwar's brain into Sheetar's body, into yeah. her head. It's the final step. Yeah. Uh, and Sheetar has this really
0: fun, like, maw of a stomach that has, like, these...
2: A big vagina dentata it, 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 stomach, yeah, It's like basically. a vaginal
1: mouth kind of thing. Yeah, around.
0: I mean, was that intentional? No, I think uh, so. I think so.
2: I, I, I'm pretty sure it was. Okay.
0: But it actually it sure ain't subtle. <laughs> it actually works too, which is fuck. <laughs> it actually works too, which is cool. I'm trying to mimic with my hands the
2: for the for people the, can see us.
0: Yeah. For the budget
2: <laughs> that
1: effect is like really well done.
0: Yeah. It's there's an animatronic in there of some sort, or you know, just a puppet doing it, but it does work. And it's super cool. That's <laughs> obvious so somebody was like, I think I can make this work. How yeah. much is that gonna cost? <laughs> oh, you can do it cheap? Good yeah, you can put it in the movie. Like there's no budget for that.
1: So Sheetar's awakened, and then we learn that she has awesome powers, where she could just like point her finger, shoot lightning bolts, kill people. Full Emperor Palpatine. (laughs) He's very (laughs) awesome. Oh god. And I don't know who betrayed it. Uh, It's probably in our notes here somewhere. But her face, whenever she's like shooting the lightning bolts, because she's got these great prosthetic teeth in too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's really, it's great. It's a great moment. Uh, amid all of this, the detectives show up, they've kind of cracked the case. They're coming to get George and Michael, take them down. They get lost in the battle. Uh, but in the end, they, they start shooting them up. <laughs> take care of them. Um. Our, our, our
2: heroes die. Our anti-heroes <laughs> die. Yeah.
1: Notably, with, uh, one of them, their head goes into Sheetar. Yeah. They become the first beast. Yeah. Did it,
0: I was confused? Did it have to be a virgin? Yes. So that's yes. A, that's saying that oh, it has to be a virgin, dude. So yeah. that is saying that. Um, Connie's virgin.
1: Well, no, <laughs> one of them, one of the brothers, was um, a virgin, and that's they, they that, were. Yeah. That's kind of laid out in the film too, because Uncle Anwar says the reason he failed doing it when he was alive is that when he went to get all of the immoral women, he kind of thought with his dick and started uh, sleeping around with people. They weren't uh, and then they weren't virgins, that got him caught by the cops, and that was why they pursued him. Uh, And several times when he's berating them, he says, you know, think with your brains, not with your penis. Yeah, okay. Don't make the same mistakes that I did. I just didn't gather
2: that. So I think they were virgins. Okay. This
1: film is rarely subtle, but that is one of the times it gets a little subtle on that point. Yeah, and I
0: missed it, because, you know, I need it spelled out for me in true (laughs) Blood Diner fashion. (laughs) Um, So So after the chaos of the well, the scene. ritual works. Sheetar yeah. lives. Yeah, Sheetar lives. Um, and after the the chaos of this, um, things are kind of getting cleaned up, and we see um, a young woman walking down the street. <laughs> and
1: uh, <laughs> this, please, one of you do the line. <laughs>
0: Well, this dude rolls up and like look, a... You
2: look good. You look kind of nice. Yeah,
0: it's very. It's the worst cat call I've
1: ever heard. It's yeah. not like a, hey,
0: baby. It's like a, you look kind of okay. It's a kind of okay. You look kind of all
1: right. It, the way he says where he's going home, I think he's just like looking for the last thing he can find. Yeah, uh, so she gets in the car with him,
0: and he um, really turns on the charm and <laughs> and what, it's something about right before I put my sausage in you. Yeah.
2: Uh, what do I call you? What
0: do I call you? And then it, the camera turns Cuts to her, and she says, "Thingly mouth." Sheetar in Uncle Anwar's voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, there's the the end yes. of our film.
1: Sheetar lives. She-tar That's lives. your lead into
0: Blood Diner Two. Any we, sequel we that please you want to do with Sheetar now, because Sheetar's out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Kickstarted. I will pitch in. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I was so excited to watch this movie though, because when it got the Blu-ray release, I wasn't living in Kentucky at the time, mm-hmm. and so I couldn't come down and watch it with everybody. It was incredibly fun. It's every time I watch it, I just have so much fun. And I was bummed because I don't think this movie is best served watching alone. Oh God! Oh no. No, no, no!
2: This requires beers. It requires friends. Yeah.
0: I think in the time of the pandemic, though, like I think the closest you can get is like if Joe Bob ever covered this, you right. know, you can kind of feel like you're not so much alone. But even if you could set up a Discord or something with some friends and, like, mm-hmm. chat while you're watching it, mm-hmm. that's even better. Because sitting and watching this movie by yourself, you might start to
2: question some life choices that led you here. You that know. was pretty much my every weekend back in the late
0: and 80s. And but... look where you are, Jason. You're in a basement with two other dudes <laughs> talking
2: about movies. <laughs> I have made great life choices. It's clearly. That's
1: why I'm here. Um. Before we go into our wrap up, I have a little, few more fun facts to okay. go over. Yeah. Uh, regarding censorship, because we always love to talk Ooh, about that. Yes. So, uh, when it was released in Canada, it was banned in a number of provinces for being. What t-
2: the fuck is wrong with Canada? <laughs> to be uh, <laughs> too obscene. i have a
1: whole episode for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the UK, it got an 18 rated release, yeah, but still sense. had to be cut by 3 minutes 53 seconds by the BBFC.
2: Oh, man, BBFC are bastards. They love cutting
1: shit. Um the German rental tape and a later UK rental tape were both cut considerably. Germans are bad too about that. And um there was a Dutch release that was uncut, so they seemed to somehow oh, the Dutch are cool. pull through on that. <laughs> and um there was also an R rated Australian home video release in eighty eight by Vestron, and that remained uncut. Wow. So it did kind of push through in some
2: countries, but I remember it being out back then. You know, when I was a kid renting horror films, for some reason I never picked up this one. I don't know why. But mm-hmm. I didn't see it till it got re-released. Yeah, me too.
0: I think a lot of people didn't,
2: which is
1: sad. But All also, the crap
2: I saw. I don't know why this wasn't. If part you of the... <laughs> if you
1: are in like a connoisseur of '80s horror films and you've not seen Blood Diner, it's definitely one you need to check off your
2: list. It's fun it's a fun movie. It's not a serious movie. I'm not even sure I would say it's not like a traditionally good movie. You know. But it's a very fun movie. I would fully say this is elevated horror. <laughs> <laughs> this is elevated
1: as elevated can get. L- listen, there's social commentary. There's mm-hmm. emotionally complex characters. Yep. Uh-huh. It, it uh-huh. checks
0: all the boxes. Well, I guess it is. <laughs> wow. Uh, I
1: think it's probably known what our thoughts are on this, but uh, it's not. It's not the kind of film we have to deep dive and go like two hours to like rack our brains, like under the Silver Lake. It's just a damn fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. It really movie. is. And it, and it needs more celebration for it, so I'm even hesitant on star rating on this one. Um
0: but I I mean for me I would give it four stars because of the amount of fun I have watching it. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not going to say it's a it's not a four-star movie, you know, like but it's a right. fun four-star movie. <laughs> that if I were going to hang out with some people and watch something stupid and again, like Again, it's
2: about intent. And what did sit this movie intend to do and how well did it succeed in its intention?
0: I think that
1: it intended to make me laugh and it succeeded right. very well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and comedy is very subjective. We talk about that a lot. I can't imagine watching this and not finding something funny here though. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to meet the person that doesn't think it's funny. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. me either. There's something in it. There's something in it that there, you will there's laugh There's just at. so much charm and passion involved. Mm. I think. Yeah. Uh, Jason, final thoughts. letterboxed reading.
2: Um, I, I would go with three stars. Okay. Which maybe sounds harsh after everything we've said. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's a good, fun movie. It has a lot of chuckles, has a lot of laughs. Yeah, it's a good, solid three star, trashy, funny horror flick. Maybe, uh, it's definitely more on the side of comedy than it is horror. Oh, yeah. yeah that's for, for sure. sure. So that's a caveat here. It's the month of October, but still. There's, there's enough horror trappings here. Definitely. For war hounds and people who just you know love the genre. Uh, but yeah, three stars. Justin. I feel like
1: I've already said enough. So I will just preface by saying this. I don't think that five stars means a perfect film. <laughs> I think it just means a really great film. Oh. Having said that... Five stars. Fucking love it. Kong is king.
2: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, Five stars. This movie is at least as good as The Reflecting Skin, everyone out there. Yes, I think so. All right. Here we go. I'll die by that. <laughs> nice.
0: Well, I'm super excited for next week's pick.
1: Yeah, what are we doing? We've all seen it.
0: but It's I don't, been a long time for me. But I also don't think enough people have seen it. Right. So uh, we're going to go with uh, 1986, Ted
1: Nicolaou, director, Terrorvision. Woo! Um, yes, finally gonna deal with my man Charles Band. Uh, same vein, <laughs> we're
0: going with the kind of schlocky horror comedy here. But I love them, you love them, we all love them. So why not?
2: Yeah, it's let's it's do it. It's a great it. one. Don't miss it. It's a fun movie. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, please reach out to us with all of your comments, concerns, thoughts, or questions. We're always happy to answer them and potentially even do an episode on
1: them. Aye, aye. Reach us at, uh, you can do Facebook. Um, the Twitters. The Twitters. Instagrams. Instagram, email us at genreexposure at gmail.com. Send us a raven. <laughs> yeah. Or a pigeon. Ravens are probably harder to Write us buy. a missive if you were the artsy type. Yeah. <laughs> Any of these things.
0: You can reach us anywhere. <laughs> they okay. can't. They
1: don't have a
2: P.O. box. Over they send the missive
1: to. If you really want to send us a letter, email us first, and we will give you a way to get it to us. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) somebody fucking sends me a letter. I'm gonna die. I
2: (laughs) I want an actual letter.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. It's been fun as always, and we will see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Happy Halloween.